Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast with your host, Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus. This college basketball guru, brash and unfiltered, he's got you covered in much more than sports, including music, movies, and the mob. Live guests, top-notch breakdowns, and as always, taking your phone calls. Live from the city of brotherly love, here's the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. Hey, 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 welcome in to the Don't Teaser Me Pro podcast, it's episode 14, here on Wednesday, November, January 8th, 2019. Thank you, for, thank you to Donnie Wrightshead for the great intro. I had to get a new one, uh, but it sounds real good, doesn't it? I love I love Donnie's intros. He's like the best at doing those. Uh, I'm glad to have him. Uh, we might speak to Donnie a little bit later, but we'll talk to him later this week as we get closer and closer to NFL playoffs. Got a couple games, got four on the cards this week, eight teams left. We'll see who advances. We'll start to talk about those games a little bit later and the rest of the week. But tonight, we have a fun show planned for you. The three-man weave is going to join us. Matt Cox from the three-man weave, he's going to join the show. Uh, and look, if you don't know who the three-man weave is, and you're a college basketball better, you enjoy college basketball, um, hopefully you find out more tonight and, and you go check those guys out. Um, you know, I, I've i said before, you know, in this business, it's tough to find really good guys that are great at what they do and really know the game of college basketball. But i got to tell you guys, um, those three, Matt, Kai, Jim, uh, those guys know a ton about college basketball and probably – um, know even more than I do, uh, which is uh, pretty hard to do. Uh, they do a great uh, preview uh, over the summer. Uh, they do every conference, the most in-depth conference previews you're going to find. Uh, it's really just terrific work, and I'm proud to know those guys. Proud to have them join me tonight uh, on the show. Um, so I look forward to that. And, you know, I'll tell you, we got a lot to talk about because college basketball has been quite interesting the last couple of days, uh, especially even tonight as well. And and I look forward to um, talking about it. So we'll wait uh, for that to, uh, to go on. Uh, Matt will join us in just a second. If you want to join the show, uh, most of the time I'm going to do calls later in the show, but you know, if you have a college hoops call, call, uh, call and you want to call in, we'd love to have you here on the show. You can join us five, one, five, Six zero five nine three four nine. But without further ado, let's get to our guest for tonight. As I said earlier, um, I don't like to give people a lot of props. I'm not one to, uh, you know, uh, tell you to go check someone out because I don't want to be here when maybe they don't do something for you or something happens. But let me tell you something. The next guest we have on, you need to go check out what these guys are doing. Um, 
as I said, Matt, earlier, and I'm, Matt, welcome in. I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show. As I was saying earlier, it's hard to approach certain people in college basketball. Some of them kind of have their nose thumbed up, if you will. Uh, but, Matt, you guys are three men. We do a great job. I'm happy to talk to you about college basketball. How are you doing tonight, pal? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, and as you alluded to in the in the intro there, I, that's one of the things I think, it, you know, me, Kai, and Jim, I don't know if we take pride in it, but we certainly try and be cognizant about being pretty blunt and, uh, you know, forthcoming on our opinions on teams, coaches especially. I think that's one area where some, uh, I just think folks that are in more of the, you know, the larger media platform uh, publications, they probably just don't have the luxury of being as, you know, blunt in some cases about certain coaches. So I guess that's the advantage that we have, you know, being more of an independent blog type network where it's like we can kind of say what we want to say and, you know, tell, you know, tell it like it is as opposed to trying to sugarcoat it and make everything seem so, you know, hunky-dory. No, I'll tell you, I mean, I, you know, as anyone that knows me and listens to me or, or, or follows me, look, I say it how it is. I'm a, I'm a free-flowing, as you say, guy. I'm a straight shooter. And it's nice to hear you guys are as well. I know, you know, when something kind of doesn't go your way or a team's not playing well, you'll definitely call them out, and, and I love that. But, no, I really also wanted to kind of just point out that the easiness of, uh, of getting in touch with you guys and you always being very – I've always tried to build any content that I do throughout just being – you know, authentic and, and, you know, talk to the people and, and involve the people. And uh, you guys do a great job of that as well. But Kai, uh, or, or not Kai, uh, Matt, uh, Kai's your uh, partner. Uh, Matt, we got a lot of college hoops to talk about tonight. Um, you know, and as I said, the show's pretty free flowing, but I did want to just jump across a couple of scores going on currently and already have happened. Another horrible loss. Look, I thought, Iowa State's loss to Florida A&M was the most remarkable of the season so far, but tonight they just build on it with a horrific loss in Ames. They showed no sort of tenacity. And I'll tell you, sharp betters loved Iowa State in this spot. Just a hideous performance. They lose by 26. Kansas Jayhawks, we're going to talk about them in a second, Matt. Uh, They looked uh, real good tonight. Yeah, I didn't understand that that scene for Iowa State there. I, if you would have talked to Matt circa, you know, myself circa 2016 before I really had invested myself in, you know, handicapping as I do now, I would have probably auto bet Iowa State as I have for so many years. It just seems like the Hilton Magic, that place gets so bonkers for KU and it just elevates their play. But this year is such an outlier in terms of the caliber of team that Iowa State has. I just think that's it's it's Halliburton and a bunch of just whatever supporting players. There's a few pockets of hope, but um, it, this is just a far cry from the teams that Steve Prom's had in years past. They just can't score at a high level. And really against Kansas, they, they've always given up size in the middle, and they just try and get into a shootout. But in this matchup this year, they just don't have the shooting to keep pace with KU scoring attack. So I'm actually not all that surprised by this result. I, the, the, Florida, the Florida A&M one was just shocking, and I think just goes to show – that without Halliburton, you know, the ancillary pieces around him are just really, really whatever. Yeah, no, you're, you couldn't have said it better. A couple of really good performances tonight. Matt, Alabama with a wall-to-wall victory over Mississippi State. Ben Hallen's teams continue to struggle. you got to wonder how long they continue to put up with him down in Starkville. Uh, Alabama moves a 10-4 and four against the spread, or 10-4 and four to the over this season. Just seems like laying points and taking overs with Alabama – Seems to be the way to go. One game that – actually, two games that I had my my eye on tonight, I didn't end up really getting involved with it a ton. I didn't really like much. But uh, St. Bonaventure had a big second half against GMU. And 
Colgate, who I think you and I will both agree is the favorite in the Patriot League, they use a big-time second half, 52 points in the second half, to beat up on a pretty solid Loyola, Maryland team. Uh, nice spots tonight to take some home favorites, uh, Matt. Uh, anything that caught your eye? I know we have some games going on currently. Just to update those. Arkansas is up 40-37 to 37 at LSU. Uh, and I'm actually going to ask you about them right now before we get into some of the other scores. I think their three-point numbers, obviously defensively, are not something that are sustainable. And then every night they continue to do it. And we're what, Matt, 12, 13 games into the season. You look at through 13 games, only two of Arkansas's opponents shoot over 36%. So the level of three-point shooting teams has not been good, but they just keep doing it. Is this something that's just going to keep going, you think? No, um, there is at the very extreme ends of the spectrum in terms of three-point percentage defense, um, you can find real cases of teams that are just absolutely atrocious at guarding the three-point line and absolutely elite at guarding the three-point line and guarding in general. Um, In Arkansas's case, they do extend pressure very well. It's obviously a guard-centric lineup. So you have, like, Mason Jones, who is really their point guard on offense, but he sort of plays a nominal four on defense. And so when you have that type of versatility, you can really get out and pressure, you know, shooters on the perimeter. So I think that inherently they should have a better, you know, very good three-point, you know, coverage defense. The, the, the analytics guys will tell you that, you know, lowering – your opponent's three-point attempt rate typically bodes well in, in lowering your three po- your opponent's three-point percentage conversion rate. The 22.3% is is just bonkers low, and I'd be continuing to bet against them. Um, I actually bet Texas A&M, of all teams, of uh, just an absolutely terrible team right now, but I bet them against Arkansas, and they gave the they gave the uh, Razorbacks you know a run for their money there down the stretch. So this is a team I think has value in terms of a fade perspective, but I'm, I'm not going to go crazy because I do buy into what they're doing on offense. I think most of did a really nice job there. So this is not like a team I see coming, you know, you know, crashing and burning, but certainly a big part of that, of their defensive success, which is baked into their price by the odds makers is a function of that 22.3%, three, four percent defense, which is the lowest in the country by like a whole percent and a half, I think a whole percent, I think. Yep. Impressive work by them. I mean, it is. I mean, you look at tonight again, LSU, three for 11 from three. LSU, not really a team that really is really built on the three-point shot. They're more of a a two-point offense. But you look at the rebounding edge. LSU's got 27 rebounds compared to just 10 for uh, for Arkansas. Uh, Yet, Arkansas shooting the ball a little bit better. They have the lead. Seton Hall is beating up on Xavier. Weird uh, box score for Xavier. They can't get stops in this game. Have had trouble defending all night. Uh, at halftime, they're on pace to give up 80. Uh, just an ugly night for uh, Travis Steele's group. They're 9-0 at home. I don't know if they're going to get to 10 but still 12 minutes to go in that one. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma tied up at 39, and everybody's favorite team nowadays, San Diego State, up 14 out at Laramie. I don't know if you saw that picture. I retweeted it. Uh, there might be 15 fans in that building tonight to watch that game out in Laramie. Um, I'm sure it's very cold. I'm sure it's very snowy, but – um, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing an undefeated team. What, what the hell's going on out in Laramie? Where, where the hell are the fans at tonight, Matt? Embarrassing. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've always considered Laramie, like, I, I think it's one of the toughest places to travel to. Like, you, there's not really a, a large airport oh, yeah. nearby. You have to fly. You have to, and there's like another two-hour bus ride. So I know it's always been yeah. regarded as one of the toughest travels, which, which really is 
depending on how you think about home court value, you know, some people like to look at the size of the crowd and the ruckusness of the fans. Um, I, I put more stock in how hard it is to get there. But at some point, if you go to an empty gym, um, I remember my buddy Jim went and covered a game last year at, at Western Illinois and kind of in a hard place to get to, you know, in the middle of nowhere of, you know, the, the, the cornfields of Covington, Illinois. But right? Covington, I think, right? Yeah, Macomb is where uh, – no, Macomb, I think, is what it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh man, I, I I could go for a good geographic trivia on college college uh, <laughs> college games. That's that's an absolute. If Jeopardy had a category for that, I'd be yeah, I would love that. Um, we so should like do at that some sometime. point when there's no one, in, we should do it sometime. I'd be all in. You know, maybe Alex Trebek will uh will, will bring us on the show sometime. <laughs> uh, but like it, at some point when when there's no one in the stands, you know, how much home court value can you really have? So yeah, clearly Wyoming has no. I mean, they're, they're, they're hopeless this year. They have no talent uh, losing Justin James last year and they really haven't brought in much behind him. So tough look there for the, uh, the pokes. Yeah. You gotta, you know, realize, I mean, you, you look at Wyoming, I mean, it's a very remote, desolate place. Uh, I, I think the only big airport would be, I guess they have an airport in Cheyenne, which is about, about an hour away from Laramie. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough trip to go there. And, you know, San Diego state has had their fair share at times, you know, San Jose's and stuff like that of these games where they just kind of struggle, but uh, they look to be in control right now. But Matt, let's get into the show here. Let's get into some of the kind of the belly of the show. And um, if you want to join us, you can uh, 515-605-9349. Uh, this is the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. Do you understand that title, Matt? Some people love that title. Some people don't understand it. Do you understand the title? Yeah, don't tease me, bro. It's a play on words. I got it. I'm all in. I'm in on it. So it's like, don't like tase me. me, bro. Uh, don't, don't tase me, bro, was something that a, a guy said. He ran on the field at the Phillies game like 10 years ago, and it was quoted that the security guard, he said that to the security oh, guard. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I remember that. So I feel like my, a, one of my friends is a diehard Eagles fan, has a T-shirt that has that graphic on it. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Kind of you know my my home my home and my area so uh, all right the show here let's get into it uh matt and we're talking to matt cox from three men weave you don't know what three men weave is by the way how long do your previews take in the summer how long do they take that to do a lot of great work there um yeah it's a three-month process start to finish it 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 feels like a decade-long process when we get to the final two weeks before the season and we're cranking through the meac and swack and southland and there's just there's no good like off season reporting done on those teams and you're just trying to dig up any nuggets of information you can find on any sort of hack fan forum where people are actually still following the teams because usually those are better sources than any legit beat writers because half these schools don't even have beat writers. So uh yeah, it's a pretty strenuous process, but it's always rewarding in the first month of the year when I you know think we have a pretty good feel on a lot of these teams. But I will say during October when I'm trying to dig into uh I don't know insert like the Southland fan forums for, you know, who the hell is going to start at shooting guard. It gets a little bit, gets a little bit uh, annoying, frustrating to say the least. Well, here's what I'll say. If you ever need an investigator, let me know. I got you covered. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, pretty good I, at that I, kind of I, stuff. I, yeah, I've gotten better. Like, I feel like we need to hire a team of, of fan board scours that just go through. We basically give them a list of all the teams that go to your fan board. And they just kind of go yeah. through and make fake aliases and drop in you know, messages like, hey, <laughs> so-and-so playing tonight. That's what we need. Yeah. No, I would – yeah, hey, I'd be in. Let me know. Uh, all right, uh, Virginia. Uh, I have a kind of an irritating feel with Virginia right now. I had them last night. Um, I'm not – 
right now road teams are kind of the death of me. Uh, I know a road team's kind of like that hot girl at the bar that you know, you know is a bad bad deal, but you know she just looks so good. You got to get with her. Uh, that was Virginia last night. I I had some weird feeling that they that offensive two game run they were on was kind of just a fraud, and and they are what they are. But the loss last night was just so remarkable because Thornton didn't play. You look at the roster yep. that wasn't no Popovich. The roster, I think, outside of Chris Heron and I want to say Mitchell, none of those players had ever played against Virginia. Yet they won outright, scored 60 points against the best defense in the country. I, I, I have two two parts to this question. What are the what's the ceiling for Virginia? Because I made the awful remark on Monday night that I felt like at 35 to one they were a team to start getting enthralled with because, you know, Braxton Key was back and, you know, uh, Wolden Tosse was starting to shoot the ball well. And they had a guy in Diakite. It was kind of a matchup nightmare. So that's my first part. What's their ceiling? And my second part is I've been really disappointed with Casey Morsell, who, you know, I thought could kind of step in and be that really good two guard for them. Um, you shot the ball well, but you look at on the season. I mean, the guy has just been horrific. 15% from three. You know, he's just been so ineffective. Why Why is it so difficult for this team to score? They have guys. I, it all comes down to, you're right, I think I'll, I'll start with your second question first. That's kind of the key to their ceiling is, is more so as well as um, the guy who I was really high on preseason, Tomas Woldetense. I remember in our preseason ACC preview, uh, me and Kai got in a big argument as to who's going to be this X factor amongst the newcomers, right? Is it going to be Morsell, the, you know, four-star freshman, um, or is it going to be this old Atense guy who I fell in love with watching film and just had kind of that old man type game to him, had some wiggle, uh, could make tough shots, like seemed like he was well built for that mover blocker type offense, even though they, they went away from that a little bit last season. And the answer is being kind of both wrong because both have been terrible. Um, it's like Bennett has been trying to pick one or the other and he's swinging and missing on both. Uh, the guy who's really impressed me is actually uh, Cody Statman. He, he was like the only glimmer of hope for this yeah. team last last night. And I think he's going to continue to improve. He's got pretty good uh, upside skill, deceptively athletic. He looks kind of, he kind of has that slow-mo uh, movement about him, but he, he, he's effective. Uh, this team's ceiling, I think, is contingent on um, Statman's development, but also either Marcel or Woldetense, a light bulb going on in their head. Because if they get nothing out of those guys, that's too much on Kihei Clark, who's not a pure scorer, a pure shot maker. Braxton Key, who's not a, you know, he, he's a, he can be a high usage scorer, but he's kind of inefficient in that role. He's not a great shooter. And now he's banged up with injury. I think he injured his wrist last night. So to me, the ceiling for this team, I, I think where they're actually cited right now in some brackets is like a, you know, seven to 10 seed. I think that's probably where they end up. I don't foresee a ton of like upswing to this team. Um, I'm not buying into this team as a value play at 35 to one, like maybe like over 50 or 75 to one, but there's just nothing I see that's coming, you know, that, that that's going to improve to change the outlook of, of where they're at right now. So I don't know. Are, are you still holding out hope? You know, I, at this point, I mean, you, you make, make the point about key. I mean, it, he seems like that wrist injury is just you know going to be kind of a, a, an issue all season off and on. Um, they just, I mean, it's crazy because last night they were down four, Matt, at halftime, and I was laying eight and a half, yep. and I, I basically knew it was a loser. Like, it's just, I mean, this team is so bad on that end, and 
I mean, Clark last night didn't help, but 0 for 9 from 2. I mean, look, I know he's not a big scorer. I know, you know, he scored 12 points at the end of the day, but, I mean, 0 for 9. I mean, he didn't – he had three assists. I mean, it's not good enough. I mean, he's got to be better. No, you, uh, you, but you have again, to be a threat offensively. You got to be a threat offensively. Sure. Um, it's, I, I think we've talked – we've mentioned or I've called out this is, you know, Xavier Simpson from Michigan, another example, not much more offensively skilled than Kihei Clark. He has that hook shot. He's improving his jump shot. But – it's still it's guards like that where you can kind of sag off and play the rest of their teammates. Um, you know, if, if you're not weird as a shooter or a scorer or a driver, it, it really shrinks the offensive spacing. And without any other shooting around Clark, it, you can see how this team really crumbles offensively. And obviously, Diakite getting 2,000 in the first half really crippled them too. So, yeah, a lot of question marks for Tony Bennett. But at the end of the day, I'm sure we'll look back at this podcast and – kick ourselves for doubting the who's as I'm sure Tony Bennett has some magic potion up his sleeve. He's waiting to unveil. Yeah. They're kind of like the Patriots, you know, you just kind of wait and right, yeah. you know, figure it out, <laughs> yeah. but, but it could be like this year where, you know, they just didn't, you know, didn't have enough. Uh, I kind of had them at like, I don't know, 18 and 12, the rest of the, I, I don't know if they will be, you know, I, I don't think they're like, uh, you know, Ken Palm has, I think 20 and 10 on the season, but I don't know. I mean, this, this league is, is it's tough. I mean, it, Wake is better. You know, uh, Clemson hangs around. It, it, Pittsburgh's improving. You know, there, there really isn't a, a, a guarantee game, as they saw last night. I mean, no, Boston right. College, I know you guys. The, the, the bottom's improved. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. bottom's really improved. The, the top's not as, like, they're, they're, there's not the, – the elites aren't really there anymore. Virginia's obviously falling off. UNC is doing what UNC is doing. Um, Florida State's Florida State. They're always there. But – but yeah, to your point, like the middle to bottom tier, and even like the low, low end, uh, there, there are no gimme games. And if you can't beat Boston College without, you know, their second, their first and second best players, you're in, a, you're in for a long season. You're in for a yeah, long season. Yeah, remarkable loss for them. I, and and I had a caller, I think last night called in and said that, you know, he he kind of asked about the conference and you look at, and he even mentioned Virginia as like a top three team and then everyone else, but is it, it kind of just seems like Duke and Louisville and then everyone else. I mean, UNC, I mean, they might even make the tournament. They lose again tonight uh, to Pittsburgh. Um, th- this overall as a conference is not great. I mean, there's just a lot of like average to like kind of below average teams. I mean, there's really, yep, really, exactly. and, and is there even, I mean, have we, have we proven that Louisville's a great team? I think they're really good, but are they a, are they a Final Four team at this point? I don't know. They look – I think on paper they are, but they haven't really proved it. Duke looks like high and low way better than everybody else. Yeah, I agree. Duke's on their own tier. I have Duke uh, comfortably above Louisville in my power ratings right now. Um, I love Chris Mack. I'm a big believer in Chris Mack. Um, the, the talent he has is, is strong. It's not – I don't think it's elite. But – but to your point, they've had some questionable results that they're probably still a Final Four contender in this landscape. They, they maybe wouldn't have been you take this team and pluck them into last year or the, you know, a few years before. But in this current landscape with, you know, the, with how much parity we're seeing and just with the absence of, you know, top-end blue-chip talent littered across the Blue Bloods, it, it's really a, an, open, it's an open field. So I believe they'll still a Final Four contender, but it's not one I'm rushing to the bank to, to bet on for sure. Uh, update down in uh, LSU, 54-47. LSU's starting to uh, figure it out. First five minutes, they're up 17-7 in the second half. Really starting to figure that Arkansas defense out. We'll keep track of that. Seton Hall, I'm going to get to in a, a little bit. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, their take. Their take. They seem to take it to every team they play. 
Uh, a really disappointing uh, game tonight from Xavier. Uh, I know a lot yeah, of people like them as well. Yeah, really, really ugly. Um, let me ask you, uh, Matt, about the Big 12. We talked about Kansas a little earlier. Uh, historically, we know their success in this conference. Um, and I think, obviously, they're number one. You know, Dodson and, and as of Week A and McCormick and those guards there, they're really solid. Bill Self, that home atmosphere. But, you know, last night we saw Baylor beat up Texas Tech in Texas Tech, which is a, an impressive road win for Scott Drew's team. Uh, West Virginia, they may be the best defensive team in the country. What's the pecking order in the Big 12 to you? Is it Kansas and then is Bal- should I put Baylor above Kansas? Uh, the problem I have with Baylor is, you know, they're kind of that team every year that looks really good and then it gets to the tournament and, and they, they, they shit on their leg, you know. What is, what, what's the pecking order to you in the Big 12? It's Kansas on a perch of their own. Um, I, I know you, you're, you know, pre-pod, you're talking about, you know, Baylor versus uh, West Virginia. I still think Tech is right in that mix as well. Um, but those sure. two teams are fringe. I actually think all three are fringe top ten teams. Baylor, I have a slight notch above both Texas Tech and West Virginia. Uh, I might regret saying that in a month just based on how, how, how you know, sharply West Virginia is improving game by game. It seems just, you know, how well they're mastering hugging the defense. But the Baylor's defense is just so versatile, and it's incredible what Scott Drew's done. Completely reinvented that team this year. Um, you know, typically known for some of that, that junk zone that he plays, that matchup zone with all the, the long arms and limbs that it's impossible to pass through. But this year with that guard-oriented, you know, lineup, he's, he's really – he's basically just all man. And between Jared Butler and Massey Oteague, uh, those guards really get out and pressure you. And I'm a big believer in this defense. And with Freddie Gillespie, the – D three turned D one shot blocking savant, uh, which is which is a great great story for those who aren't aware of that. Along with Mark Vital, who I think could bench press a thousand pounds, um, you know, eight a.m. hungover on a Sunday. I, th- this defense has the makings of a legit, you know, top five defense. And then with the shot making ability of all those guards that can shoot it and also put it on the floor, I think Baylor is actually the my pick is the second best team in the conference, closely followed by West Virginia uh, and Texas Tech there. You know, they also, Baylor, have one of the great names in college basketball, Flo Thamba. Flo Thamba, yes, sir. Didn't play that great name. Or something like that. But yeah, great name, though. Great name. Let me ask you, because I've said Chris Beard's the best coach in the country, and I, 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 I will stick by it. I love the guy. Here's my starting five in, in coaching-wise in the Big 12. Let me see your hurry of thoughts. Beard, Huggins, Self, Weber, Kruger. Wow, I have the exact same top five except swap Weber with Scott Drew. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is and, about and, Drew. I just I've never liked him, but I know. And so this is we talked about Scott Drew, uh, Leonard Hamilton. There's a few other coaches around the country where I, I'm with you. I, I used to have this sour taste by mouth where there's probably been one or two big tournament games where he's made some questionable. You know, didn't call a timeout here or didn't sub there. But at the end of the day, you can't ignore with what he's done, you know, year over year and the consistency. And I just think that watching him adjust on the fly to the injury to Tristan Clark last season and also this year as they still manage it, uh, they're still, he's still on a load management program. So he's basically, every night when he goes out, you have no idea what you're getting from Tristan Clark, who was arguably their best player to start the season last year. Um, just so to, to see him really, 
on the fly, make those adjustments, just rebrand the team has really impressed me. Um, so Chris Beard by a mile is number one. And I think Huggins is two, a self to be um, Scott drew four. And then, yeah, I have Lon Kruger five. I, Weber I won't argue against. I just think K-State fans would probably, you know, if they heard you say that, they'd probably throw eggs at your house. I know K-State fans are not the <laughs> biggest Bruce Weber supporters. Uh, yeah. I think they kind of want him out just the, from the vibe I get. People kind of forget, I guess, and I, you know, I think even I forget, like, you know, back in, like, the early, like, 29-2010, 29-2010, I mean, that Baylor team with, like, Quincy AC, FK Udo, you know, Tweedy Carter, Ladarius Dunn, yep. uh, that, that was, I mean, those were really good teams. I mean, really I, we kind of forget, they, yeah, we kind of forget they went to the Elite Eight. They went to the Sweet 16 and 13-14 with, uh, I want to say, I think Brady Heslip was on that team back then, um, or, or around. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. no, actually, it might be after. Uh, the guy who I loved was the uh, was it Pierre Jackson. Yeah, Pierre Jackson, just a I think an yeah, electric I, shot maker. Yeah, they had uh, Rico Gathers, who's now on the Dallas Cowboys, is on that team. Uh, Brady yeah, Heslip, yeah. Jonathan Motley, Isaiah Austin, Torian Prince, Royce O'Neal, Kenny Cherry. Yeah, those that team was good. That was a real good team. Grant McCaslin, who's now at North Texas, I believe, was on the coaching staff at at Baylor then. But, yeah, you know, Scott Drew, I guess I kind of maybe, you know, I kind of treat him a little bit, you know, too harshly, I guess. But um, I'm glad to hear you had Kruger on your list. Uh, I'm a big Kruger guy. So, um, real quick, uh, I've mentioned that the other day, I got a lot of shit on Twitter for this, that I put out my bottom five in college basketball. And I had one omission that a lot of people weren't happy with. I had a, I had Chicago State not in my bottom five. And I love it. People were like, people were like, why don't you have them? Like, Lance Irvin, team, they team sucks. They don't do anything well. And I said, well, wait, wait a second. They beat Southern Illinois Edwardsville, and Edwardsville beat Belmont. And they scored 90 points in that game, Chicago State. And they do do a pretty nice job of getting to the Fallon and making them. They're a pretty big team, and uh, they go at a decent pace. I'm all for Chicago State. I don't think they're in the bottom five. Do you agree with me there? They just have not been healthy at all. Um, a lot of their players, and, and tr- trying to track the rosters of some of these low, low, low majors, is um, it's maddening because there's nothing reported about them, and they switch the lineups during every game. So if you're trying to track lineups, you, you'll see what you'll, you know, one, one game, it's like, Oh, no one's playing. And then you'll check the box score five minutes later and they're all coming off the bench. But like at some point in the season, all of their, you know, two or three of Chicago state's best players have, have been in and out of the lineup. So I, I'm with you. I think fully healthy. Um, they are just outside that bottom five, but I will say right now in my power ratings, they are in that bottom five just because, their results have had really had no life. I mean, the SIU Edwardsville game is is an outlier. They did follow that up with a good effort at Tennessee State, but then from there on down, they just really haven't been competitive at all. Uh, who was who did you have in your bottom five except for Chicago State? My, by the way, I think we we both agree Mississippi Valley State's the worst team, right? There's no question about that. Yeah, my my bottom five were, was Mississippi Valley, uh, yep. Maryland Eastern Shore, Central yep. Connecticut State, Delaware State, oh. and Howard the Bison. Okay. Yeah, I agree with four of the five there. Um, Chicago State is in my, like I said, it's like the fifth worst team right now per my numbers. I actually have Central Connecticut bumped a little higher, and I recognize it's probably not fair. Uh, they had a, they actually had a streak where they covered like seven, six games in a row, 
Um, but then to start conference, they went right back to where they started. They got trounced, I think, by St. Francis. And then um, who was it most recently? I'm just looking at the numbers right now. Yeah, they covered one, two, three, four, five games in a row during December. They actually were undefeated against the spread during December. Uh, but those spreads were just like laughably inflated. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're not a bottom five team. Uh, I think you have to make a case for Kennesaw. They're right up there yeah. as well. Uh, Incarnate Word is is certainly pathetic. Um, and there's a lot of bad teams this year. But but even like you get to like the low 330s, there's some teams that have had at least a couple of good efforts that makes you, you know, that basically removes them from bottom five consideration. If you really want to have this argument at a, at a super high level of uh, specificity. Which is always yeah, Pine, Pine, Pine Bluff's pretty bad, also. Um, let's uh, let's go to a team. I, I got a team that I'm I'm buying low on. They've lost four of six, but they won last night. And I, I've watched a lot of this group lately, and I kind of see reason for excitement. And it's Tennessee. And I, I I don't know what your thoughts on Tennessee is, but last night Jordan Bowden played well. He had 13 points. He finally had a little bit. Saw the ball go through the hoop. You look at every starter last night. They were in double figures. Santiago Vescovi, I mean, he, he he cut down on his turnovers a little bit. He's the new point guard now that Lamonte uh, Turner's gone. You know, I look at this defense. I think they're really good. I, they struggle a little bit from from three, you know, guarding the three. But you know, they're they're good from the line. They rebound at a really high level. They really make you work on defense. You know, I look at their schedule coming up. I mean, not bad. I mean, South Carolina, Georgia, Vandy. Ole Miss, uh, they do have Kansas mixed in there, but then it's Texas A&M, Mississippi State. You know, it's kind of a spot for them to go on a little bit of a run. I'm not saying that they're what they were last year, but I love teams that don't depend on threes to win games, and they're a team that, that doesn't. They don't shoot a ton of threes. They just kind of have that wholesome two-point you know two point offense that you expect. I, I think Viscovi is kind of an innovator, and I'm glad to see him eligible. It seems like a game at the perfect time. I agree. I was in the camp of Fade, Tennessee, until I watched last night's game against Mizzou. And I watched pretty much the entire thing. I, a bunch of my friends are Mizzou alumni, so I'm, I'm fairly in tune with Mizzou hoops. So thus, I did get to see the entirety of that game. Very impressed with Piscovi. I think you're going to see spurts where he tries to do a little bit too much, but just his vision and the way he can create shots for others, as well as stretch the floor with his ability to shoot it, just that gravitational pull in the perimeter will help set up a lot of driving real estate for those athletic wings. Um, you know, Josiah Jordan-James and Pons and Bowden, you know, guys that can get into the lane and score from that mid-range area, which has sort of been, to your point, you know, the ball specialty. Uh, last year they were like a mid-range assassin team with uh, with Bone and Turner and Bowden. Bowden's really the key, though. Um, I- I'm not going to join you in terms of buy low on Tennessee. I think they're just like a hold if we're using stock references. Uh, but – but I, I, I've certainly warmed on this team after watching them last night. I just think they have enough versatility offensively. I will also agree with you on the defensive side as well. They are rock solid. Um, I, I like looking at two-point percentage defense as a good indicator of how well you actually guard. Uh, they are sixth in the country right now in two-point percentage defense, 21st in block rate. Usually teams, if you look at the correlations between two-point percentage defense and overall defense, it's usually a good uh, predictor. So, and, and Rick Barnes knows what he's doing as a, from a defensive-minded standpoint as a coach. You can question his – um, offense, you know, some people might say he's, you know, stuck in 1975 with peach baskets and, you know, pre pre three point line. But but I think he knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. So 
I will hold steady on the Vols, but but I'm certainly not going to go all the way in on them like it sounds like you are. It's just kind of something to monitor, you know, coming up, they got a, a pretty decent schedule. So it's something to keep your eye on. Uh, how about this score down at uh, McCamish Pavilion? Georgia Tech up three with 10 to go on Duke. How about that? Uh, nice night for honest, I, Jose Alvarado. Jose and the boys, yeah. Tech's got that weird funky zone, man, and it's really bothered some teams this year. The problem with Tech, they just couldn't score. So now that they're finally getting healthy, Alvarado's back in there. They got the Usher kid from USC, a former four-star recruit. They got some talent, and uh, and Pastner is a coach, hey, too. Wait, like, wait, whoa, Matt, don't forget our boy Bubba Parham from VMI. Uh, Bubba Parham, the former VMI, the former key dad. He's a gunner. He goes into Rupp <laughs> Arena and just torches the nets, baby. That's my favorite thing about him. Um <laughs> Yeah, tech's, tech's sneaky good. I think tech's a buy low. I, I really think they're a buy low right now. Um, I, I can't believe they're up three on Duke right now as good as Duke's been, but, but I think they are a buy low. I guess after tonight, they probably won't be. I assume the odds makers are probably you looking, up, but Are you looking at the box score right now or no? Yep, you got it pulled up. Okay, Duke Duke's shooting 50% from the field, and they're down. How about that? Wild. Um, impressive work tonight. Uh, yeah, you do – yeah, tech shooting well just odd for tech. Yeah, it is very wild. I guess my concern with tech just was, yeah, you know, I guess they're going to put all their their eggs in. You know, they, they they can't play in the postseason this year. They're banned, obviously, from uh from postseason play. But uh, I, I guess barring an appeal, but I don't think they won the appeal, so they are banned. So yeah, you're just kind of doing what you can. These these are important games for a team that can't go to the postseason. A couple other questions, uh, Matt, uh, and then we're going to play a buy or sell game with you, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, San Diego State, they've been kind of a topic of conversation on this show. Every time I have someone on, last night I had David DeMann on, the other night I had Mike Randall from the Action Network on, and I asked those guys, um, you know, San Diego State, undefeated, um, you know, Ken Palm has them, you know, projected to not lose in uh, the regular season, and, you know, really outside of maybe a trip to the pit or, or something like that. It's not likely they're really tested too, too much. I mean, Nevada's down. Uh, obviously we mentioned earlier, Wyoming's down, um, you know, UNLV's down, uh, all these teams, Utah state, they kind of got them at the right time with Kata being a little hobbled and Merrill not playing well. Where's the game they lose? Do, do they lose in the regular season to you? I'm going to, I'm going to go with the flyer here. I think they lose. This is going to shock you. I think they lose at Fresno I, State. Okay, in I was going to try to guess. I was going to try to okay. guess, but really, Fresno. Really why, why is that? Is it the, is it the Justin Hudson? Justin Hudson is a big part of it. Um, just a his familiarity with Dutcher, right? You know, serving they yep. sat side by side. He 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 will he can get inside his head, and I'm I guarantee you, no team will have San Diego State better scouted this season than Fresno going into what's what do they play Petromart Arena it's a really weird place to play and Fresno's always just plays well there Save Mart. that's right yeah yeah they don't have fans there but but they always play well there and since the injury to Noah Black or uh, Noah Blackwell uh, one of the star guards for Fresno Hudson's basically just reinvented this whole style as all right, throw it at the backboard. We're going to chase it. We're going to get it. We're going to throw it up there again. We're going to keep chasing it. And it's really thrown some teams off, teams that execute very well. Um, I watched it really bother San Francisco, a very precise, offensive, you know, discipline-type team. I think that can 
sort of bother San Diego State. And the athletes that Fresno have are not that much worse than what San Diego State's going to throw out there. So I think that's a tough spot for the Aztecs if they're looking to run the table. Um, I think Kempom has them losing twice in conference this year. I think that's the right number. I think they slip up maybe at Fresno, maybe once at, you know, Boise. Taco Bell is always a tough place to play. I think Nevada is always a tough place to play as well. Um, you know, they can get hot from three. Uh, Utah State, they've been, man, they've been sort of a train wreck recently. But if they get healthy, they get right. Uh, that's a team that can, that, can, uh, that can catch them as well. I know they already beat them at Utah State, but then they got playing back at um, – at the A-House. So I, I think two losses are probably where uh, San Diego State finishes the year in conference. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my team, okay? Uh, I'm going to give you my team right now. I think they lose Saturday to Boise State, okay? I love last that. Year, At home? Wow. Yeah, I'm, listen, let me tell you why. Last year they lost to Boise, okay? They lost one out of two games. They actually got beat up in the one game. But you look at the scheduling, okay? You, you're coming off Laramie tonight. Then you have that road game in Fresno. It's kind of a sandwich spot. I'll tell you, Boise's solid, man. I mean, Derek Olsen's terrific. You know, Justinian Jessup, R.J. Williams, Alex Hobbs, good basketball team. You know, really a good – they don't turn the ball over, not going to beat themselves, get to the foul line, do a nice job at ending possessions by rebounding them. Uh, they don't put their opponent on the line a ton. Just a really good off, you know, really good overall team. You know, they're not going to beat themselves. I, I think Boise's worth a look. Leon Rice, you've been there a while. You know, San Diego State pretty well. I'll say San Diego State loses to Boise State, uh, but we're kind of on similar wavelengths as far as where we think it's going to happen. But I don't think either of us think that they're going to go undefeated at this point. Uh, one other team that I just wanted to ask you about, um, Gonzaga. I said, and I don't think I was real surprising when I said this, but you know, when Gonzaga got the number one ranking, I didn't think they'd lose it for a while. I mean, this conference isn't good. Uh, they've owned St. Mary's, and they think they'll own them this year, but you got to agree that Brigham Young is going to be a tough game for that group, isn't it? Yep. Uh, February 22nd, which when they go to... That's what I had. Yeah. Yeah, when they go to Mar- Marriott Center, man, I just remember some of those games when, when Jimmer... Jimmer and the boys had it rolling. It, it just there's no better atmosphere in college. Oh, I'm sorry, it's probably too far. It is one of the top ten best atmospheres in college basketball. When no, you can say it. It, it, we're very pro, we're very pro uh, BYU on this this channel. I, I'll actually tell you right now. When I was younger, I had a friend of mine that went to San Diego State from from this area in Philly, and he went to San Diego State and he invited me out there. I it was when Kawhi was there. It was that team, and I remember oh, okay, we yeah. camped out. We camped out for tickets the night before to the game. It was packed. I remember we got them. And to this day, I'll say this, and this was NVA house, but I've actually been to Marriott as well. It's great. Jimmer Fredette was, to me, the best player I've ever seen live. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that's a great atmosphere. It really is like a – it's so loud and just they love basketball there. And I'll tell you right now, they're kind of graphic. That state loves Wouldn't basketball. They, they, I think Indiana – yeah. Indiana thinks they have a stranglehold on like like basketball is ours, and they're right to a certain degree. But but Utah loves basketball; they love hoops out there. That is a fact. No, you're totally right. I, I think you know, and you would agree. You know, with Yoeli Childs back, um, they're a really good offensive team. Really good offensive team, and you know, Halls, who's you know, seemingly that group that that brother tandem's been there about 20 years. Uh, the Halls, uh, it seems like they're never going to go away. They're kind of like the 
the, the, the Mannings or, or the Watts or the Matthews brothers in the NFL, uh, they never seemingly go away. But, yeah, that would be kind of where I'd think it's too. BYU doesn't really belong in the Mount, or in the West Coast, do they? They're kind of too big as opposed to Gonzaga as well. Neither team really belong in the West Coast Conference to me, but uh, they are. It, it does feel odd, but, I mean, I think they've elevated their program to a level that, you know, justifies it. Um yeah, I, I, BYU is the real deal. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I actually think San Francisco is going to give them a test. San Francisco is a, a team I believe, and they've really struggled uh, lately. They've had some just not getting any production from their bench. But uh, Todd Golden and the staff they have at USF is one of my favorite staffs in the country. I think they are razor sharp, and they have their kids playing the right way. And they got some sneaky pockets of talent. And War Memorial is always a tricky place to play. Same, if you remember last year, USF had or Gonzaga on the ropes down late. And then the Zags hit the gas pedal the final five minutes. They actually ended up winning by 11. It was a really misleading final score. So I actually have the Zags penciled for a close call at, uh, at San Francisco on February the 1st. Interesting stuff. Uh, Matt, you got a couple minutes. I got to take a quick break here. And I, I do also – I got a guy here. He's been waiting on hold for 42 minutes. Um, and I, I, I want to get to him, but it, it's tough because we're in such a conversation. Let, let's quickly get to this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead, call it. Call you're live. What's up? Hey, what's up? It's uh, Cameron from Greenville again. I've just been chilling here, you know, watching the Duke Georgia Tech game, listening to y'all's uh, conversation on the podcast, and I've been really entertained between this game going on right now and listening well, to y'all talk. So it's fine. You know, I, you know Cameron. It doesn't bother me. I, I appreciate you calling. I, I actually brought you up today. I did a phone call with. Uh, your friend Clip Brock down at Pirate Radio oh, in Greenville, North Carolina. And, yeah, I mentioned you. I, I mentioned how good of a, a guy you are. I appreciate you checking the show out. I, I, I wanted to get to you, but, you know, I have a guest. I kind of want to just run with it. But what do you have in college basketball? How are you enjoying that Georgia Tech game? Well, I'm enjoying it. It's just it's, – I don't understand how Georgia Tech is 7-17. Seven and 17. They play so hard. Uh, Georgia Tech's been shooting like 65% the second half, and that's why they've been keeping it close with Duke, and plus the rest have been helping them out a little bit. But one thing I want to say, UNC guys, they're not just one of the worst teams in the ACC. They're one of the worst teams in the country, in my opinion. They have no one that can score the ball besides Garrison Brooks, and, and that's just a fact. And if I'm Cole Anthony, I'm not coming back to Carolina. I'm dropping yeah. out and pulling a James Watson <laughs> and going straight to the NBA because it is not worth playing and risking an injury with these scrubs that Roy Williams has on his court. I got to be honest, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I, what do you think, Matt? I don't. I don't disagree with this guy, Cameron. There is a negative one percent chance Cole Anthony puts on his cleats and plays in a UNC uniform this year. You're exactly right. There's just no chance. Like it's. Before, like, you know, ask him two days after he went down, I bet those thoughts were already percolating in his head. Fast forward to now when you see the product on the floor without him. Like, he's not all of a sudden geek to go rush back out there and try and will UNC to a 9C in the tournament and get bounced first round. Like, no, he's going to get ready for the draft. I completely agree. Yeah, and the Cassius Stanley's just been eating up George Tech. He's the only thing keeping Duke in this game right now. He's had four dunks in the past two minutes, and the two of them have been alley <laughs> And uh, my, yeah, uh, and no, my friend keeps texting me like like the last five packs are just like cashes, 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 top ten, top ten, top ten. So um, I can yeah, I can it, imagine it, he's had a couple absurd. of top ten dunks. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty insane. But Georgia Tech, they they don't stop fighting. I don't like Josh Pastner, but they, they don't stop fighting. But hopefully Duke can get this win. Um, another thing on the ACC, Virginia. I know I called you and talked to you, uh, uh, big man on campus. Uh, 
I think it was a couple of days ago, or maybe it was last night. I don't know. And said Virginia yeah, in my top three. Yeah, it was you that called. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're no longer in my top three. To lose to a Boston College team like that, <laughs> it, in a in a stadium, there was hardly anybody there. Like East Carolina got more uh, people at their game on on Saturday than Boston College did. Like, it, 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 that's yeah. just, it's sad. They they can't score. They got great defense, but they they have trouble finding scores. So my top two oh, teams, it was Duke ugly. and Louisville. It, it, it was it was awful, but yeah, uh, Duke's been making me some money. Uh, also, betting against Carolina has been making some money. That value, I think, uh, Bovada. That's who I use. Bovada had like a plus one eight five for Pittsburgh on the money line. I took that without a heartbeat and made me some money today on that. I just knew that Pittsburgh was going to play hard against Carolina. There's there's awful, and I think Carolina's next home game is against Clemson, and Clemson has never won in the Dean Smith Center. So this could be the year. It, it just might be. That's a good point by you. Cameron, I'll place you on hold. I'll let you listen to the rest of the show, all right? All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Um, let's take a quick break, Matt. We'll be back right after this. Yep. Are you looking for fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me. Leave it to my opinion. The Big Men on Campus. I co-sign PubSearchRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Donnie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture. PubSearchRadio.com. from the three men we've having a great conversation on Kyle Jubes. Matt, couple couple more questions for you then we'll get you out of here. I could probably talk to you about college basketball until 2 or 3 in the morning, but I know you have a life and so do I. Uh Matt, where are you? Yeah, where not are much you by one. the way? Not much of one, but where yeah. You, where are you at in the country right now? Uh Chicago. Where are you at? Uh I'm in Philly. You feel okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and uh, me and Kai here in Chicago, and Jim's out in Vegas. So we have one third of the weave in the uh, the epicenter, and then the other two thirds of us are in Chicago, patiently awaiting the uh, the legislators here to figure out the the gambling, you know, regulatory BS. It's just I'll it's taken like it's taken forever. You, it's annoying. We've had, we've had ga- I mean, I'm I'm kind of a mover and shaker in New Jersey and here, and we I mean, we've had gambling really for a while now. I got to be honest, man. It doesn't change a lot. Like it, 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 you know, you still have your, your, your things that you go to, to, to find action. And, you know, it's nice to be able to bet legally, but um, you know, it, it's nowadays with places like, you know, a bet online or something like that. I mean, they're, they're all really good with paying and stuff, but yeah, it's definitely nice to be able to go and feel good about it when you make your wager that you always, you're always going to get it back. But uh, I really just, Matt, wanted to quickly ask you about tomorrow, Thursday, you got Memphis, Wichita, what a great battle this is going to be, right? You have, you know, Wichita, who's playing out of their minds right now. 
really one of the better teams in the country defensively. We know uh, Cockerina, Cockerina, Cockerina is uh, is terrific. Um, I mean, they only, they only have one. Yeah, they only have one loss. I mean, to, to West Virginia, we talked about how good they are, uh, how good defensively they are. You get Memphis coming in, and you know, one of my concerns was who was the point guard at the beginning of the season with this team. And you, know, you look at so far, I mean. Have had a lot of trouble with turnovers. I mean, 305th in the country in turnover percentage. You're really having trouble, you know, kind of just figuring out who the point guard is. I, I think a lot of it's just going too fast and, you know, a lot of, you know, you know personnel leaving and, and whatever. Free throws have been an issue. Am I in the Am I in the wrong to think that Wichita minus four looks really solid here? I think this is the game where Wichita kind of says, look, we're Wichita. You forgot about us for a year or two. We're back. I'm 100% agreement with you. I think Wichita rolls here. The ball security issues for Memphis, uh, I've watched them a few times, even against like lesser competition. Um, the the New Orleans game comes to mind. You know, they dominated that game, but just a lot of just very shaky decisions with the ball, and those passes are going to be intercepted and turned into easy points against Wichita. They're, this Wichita team looks like a typical Greg Marshall Wichita team. Um, you know, the last two, two years, he's really sort of struggled to find the identity. This year, he has legit athletes on the perimeter, and they are getting out, and they are pressuring and bothering teams, you know, pretty much at will. I wish Charles wins pretty comfortably in this game. Um, I will probably be laying anything under five. If he goes over, over five, that's probably too pricey for me to lay um, with a healthy conscience. But I'm with you. I think Wichita goals in this game. They're just too deep, too deep and too experienced. Um, and just it, it's Greg Marshall against Penny Hardaway and the Roundhouse. Like that's that's an automatic bet for me. There's no team younger in America than Memphis. Uh, and look, I mean, both teams are great defensive, but this is where the rubber meets the road. You could argue <laughs> Wichita is a better defensive team overall than what Memphis is. We'll see tomorrow out at the Roundhouse. Great call by you. Uh, I am totally interested uh, in the Shockers here. Uh, Buy or sell time. Let's get to a couple of buy or sells. I didn't tell you these at the beginning, but uh, I want to get you on the spot, Matt, here. Uh, number one, buy or sell. Uh, as an overall coach, um, let's take recruiting out of it. As an X and O coach, is Roy Williams overrated? Yes. It, can I dissect that further? Um, sure. Like in, in game X and O, yes. I don't think he's that great. I think in terms of building a program and developing and coaching a system, he is excellent at, and that's why he's been so successful over the years and then recruiting to that. In terms of like an in-game X and O adjuster, like I need to draw three plays on back-to-back-to-back to back to back possessions to run, you know, to, to get easy buckets. Now there's many coaches I would take over, over Roy Williams. And as of, lifelong self-acclaimed Duke fan, I can tell you I've seen I, Duke has come out on the positive end of, of many of those, those letdowns. So. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, I don't even think he draws plays up anymore. I think someone else does that. Um, <laughs> it's like all who, who knows? yeah, we do have a final down at uh, Cincinnati, uh, an ugly performance tonight for Xavier. They give up 83. Travis Steele will not be happy with this defense. And what's amazing about it is, I mean, you know this, uh, Matt. Xavier's a terrific defensive team. I mean, they're, they're very yeah, good. I agree. Uh, this yep, is, that's why this, this, is this a, result's odd. Yep, this I'm is with a slice and dice night. 
yeah, I don't get this. Um, when I watched Duke or Xavier play in the early in the season, I, I felt like I was watching two of the top 20 defenses in the country in that game. So to see Xavier be carved apart by – I mean, Miles Powell has the ability to cook anyone. I mean, he's done it against all the great teams over the last two years. But still, as a team, to give up this many points at this efficient of a rate is a little bit alarming. Yeah, I mean, Quincy McKnight did a nice job uh, for the most part on, on Najee Marshall. And, you know, Xavier didn't do bad offensively. I mean, four of their five starters had double figures. Jason Carter had a nice game. He finally played well. But, you know, the continued problem for Xavier, I mean, it, they just don't shoot it real well. They shot it well tonight, but defensively it was their undoing. Um, but, they, you know, you look at Seton Hall, they're doing all this without Mamu Kelishvili, uh, who uh, hasn't played and won't play for a while. Uh are they by yourself? Are they the toughest team in the country as far as like toughness, grittiness? They're a tough team, man. Really tough. I, I would say, um, if you ask Marquette fans that, they would, they would have a, a laundry list of reasons as to why Miles Powell is not a tough, a tough cookie. Uh, I, I know some of my friends speculate that he milks and somewhat fabricates his injuries in the past. I, I'm not going to go that route, but. In terms of just like pure, you know, grit and size, especially up front with those bigs you mentioned, yeah, I think they're a pretty damn tough team. Um, certainly, they pass the get off the bus test, I'd like to call it. Yeah, but I, I have a feeling, as usual, Kevin Willard's teams will wilt uh, when it matters most. Uh, they they seemingly always do that. I mean, this team's not better than the, that Angel Delgado, Desi Rodriguez team a couple years ago. You you agree with that, right? Uh, I don't know. It's I I guess before the season, like citing that example, like that was my exact point. Was like, listen, people trying to auto pencil in Seton Hall as a top ten, top fifteen team. Like, do you really think it's been better than than that team? And what I've seen so far, when when they have all hands on deck, I actually think they might be as good, if not a a smidge better, not a lot better, a smidge better. Um, which is certainly, you know, that goes against what I said preseason, which would have aligned with what you with what you just said there. So. I don't know. At some point, I got to believe in the results, especially when they've had all hands on deck and everyone fully healthy. Could be one undefeated team after tonight, about 10 minutes away. Vandy has cut the lead to four against Auburn University. Uh, One more. And this is a wild one. Buy or sell. St. Peter's wins the MAC. I love St. Peter's. Oh, I. I'm gonna sell that because I love Monmouth. That's my that's my uh, oh, my yeah? pet team okay. in the MAC. Big Monmouth guy, big King Rice guy. Um, but I am a St. Peter's fan. They were abysmal to start the year. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, I'm not sure Shaheen Holloway is a great X and O tactician coach, but uh, his recruiting class is one of the best in the MAC this year. He had a couple of uh, they brought in two uh, two twins. Uh, first names are escaping me from Mal- yeah uh, the, the Drame twins. Drama. Uh, they've yeah, actually yeah. garnered. They've actually garnered some NBA draft like flyer buzz. They were um, really yeah, good. Actually has some... in, in that Africa, those African games, they were really good. Yes, uh, right. I, that's what. That's what. Uh, I think that's what turns to people's heads, and then they you bring back one of the best shot blockers in the country, and Casey Nadefo, and they have some other. Yeah, I, this team is a lot better than how they showed in the uh, the non-conference. So I think they actually can play their way into it, the the upper half of the MAC, but. At the end of the day, the match is so bad, and until Iona gets Clueless back and and figures out their whole deal, and you know, Ryder's played well, but we've seen Ryder fold so many times before. It's just hard to trust anyone in that league. Sienna's another team I'm looking at to maybe emerge as the MAC champ, so I will sell that take, but I think if you're buying it for the right value, it could be a good play. 
You know, uh, they have the best bench in the country. 48.5% of their minutes come from their bench. Number one, uh, they play good defense, and they, they rebound the hell out of the ball. All right, last question for you, uh, Matt, and then we'll get you out of here. Who's your favorite player to watch in college basketball? Like, if you could, like, let's say you get 500 bucks to go see one player, who are you going to see? I wanted to be cute and go with my favorite pet player in the country, which is a mid-major drawing of mine. I think the right answer is either Tyrese Halliburton or Jordan Ford. But Jordan Burns, a.k.a. my boy Burnsy, is, is honestly, I have a man crush on him. I, I saw him, it's just someone who I saw early in his career, and I was like, this kid has it. And he emerged into stardom status late down the stretch last year, hitting the apex when he just went bonkers against Tennessee, just single-handedly willing them into that back into that game when their offense was, you know, nothing was going right. Um, it seems like this year that Colgate team has a little bit of a motivational problem, but now that it's Patriot League play, uh, they've been, they're, they're starting to, to turn on the, uh, the turbo boosters again and, and Fort and, and Burns is certainly at the, the epicenter of that, that push. So he's just such a crafty scorer and he kind of has that little man, like can weasel his way into any crack and just shoot from anywhere at any given time. So Burns has always been my guy and I'm going to have to ride with him. It's a good one. Jordan Ford's a great one too. I mean, that, that, you know, and I mentioned Colgate earlier. I mean, big night for, for that group. Um, even Alskis was very good. Will Raymond. It's a good starting five at Colgate. Matt Langle, who was here at Philadelphia at Temple for many years under uh, Fran Dunphy. Uh, yeah, great, uh, great team up there. Uh, all right, Matt Cox, three-man weave. You guys are doing big things. Tell the people where to find the podcast, where to find everything you're doing. I think it's a must-listen every week. Uh, I, I, I'll say this and say it till I'm blue in the face. I don't think there's anyone out there that knows more college baseball combined than these guys. I like to think I know a lot, but um, you know, from a from an actual like X and O player standpoint, these guys are king. Matt, where can we find you guys? Well, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I just want to say I, I listened to you and uh, I've heard you on Greg's pod a few times. So you guys and you guys both know your stuff as well. So um, there, there's only a few of us left out there. We are at three dash man dash weave dot com. Uh, we need to improve that URL, but for now, that's where you can find us on Twitter. That's at 3MW underscore CBB. And pretty much all our content runs through those platforms. So, yeah, check it out. Hoping to have you guys on a weekly basis. You do a real good job, and I'm looking forward to chatting Kyle Truce with you. Matt, great stuff. Thanks for taking some time tonight. I know we, uh, we went a little long, but uh, good stuff, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. No problem, man. Enjoy it. Take care of yourself. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you soon. Uh, Matt Cox, three-man weave, great stuff there from him. Uh, as I said, I mean, just terrific, terrific uh, basketball content uh, on the net. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, they have a podcast that's out every week. They do picks and, and all sorts of stuff. So check that out. All right, let's take one more break. We will be back with you. We'll wrap up the show. If you want to call in, uh, now is the time. And actually, before we take one break, I do want to get to this phone call. And I want to get to this phone call for one reason. Last night, um, our friend uh, David DeMann uh, called in, and we talked college basketball. We had a nice talk about college hoops. And we got into this discussion about this contest that he's going to go in with this Twitter troll. And we don't know this Twitter troll. He's some random guy. His name is Swiss Boy on Twitter. And I have Swiss Boy on the phone right now. And I want to 
I want to get to know this character. He, he's kind of a, a weird character. He's always talking about the sex that he's having and the, the stuff that he's doing. He comes across very trollish, but he's on the line now. Uh, Swiss boy, what's up? Hey, Jeffrey Nadeau, big man on campus. How's it going, my buddy? My guy, what's happening, Kujin? How you doing? You good? I I just had yeah, I just had uh, sex. Uh, I just had four sessions today. I'm gonna go brush my teeth pretty shortly here. Little word of you know advice to you. Maybe you should try an earlier show here. You'd have more viewers on your end. Uh, it's a little late here. Now listen, Swiss, but don't tell me how to do what I'm doing. All right, don't worry about yourself. All right. Um, listen, you you said you had sex four times today. First of all, how much did it cost? And was well, it good? Let me let, let me give you the full rundown. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Uh, I love sports. I love gambling. Yeah. Love love poker. I love coffee. But yes, I, I love sex. I do it often, uh, every single Monday, and then typically, you know, every Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, Tuesdays my off day. Tuesdays you can find me, you know, playing poker, taking multiple baths. Um, but here's the thing: the sex. It directly correlates to the huge success that I have gambling uh, because, you know, during or, you know, immediately after the sex, my mind, my brain, it's all thinking so clearly that I know exactly what to bet. Uh, so, you know, I always have the lines up, you know, during sex, after sex. Uh, matter of fact, a month ago, uh, I bet my favorite team, the New York Giants, I was, I was actually, I was fucking this girl. Uh, she was a bit of a hound. She looked a little like Nick Nangolder or something. But uh, anyways, I, I lived at the Giants as I climaxed for 2K. Uh, I great, won. Great. And now I, re- I refer to that bet as the 2K nutter. <laughs> well, let me ask you. I mean, you're quite the comedian. Uh, it's weird you don't have a job at Comedy Central yet. But I, you didn't answer my question. You didn't ask her how much it costs because I know you're not getting this for free. Uh, how much did it cost? Uh, I do okay. Tom? Well, it was a pretty penny, but, uh, you know, I've been winning my bets. I've stayed the mine a lot, and, you know, I got I, – I could spend a little bit on the girls now. So, um, you know, listen, DeMond, I heard him on your podcast yesterday. He thinks he's all that. He thinks he's Mr. Hotshot, knows all the picks. He, he also thinks he irritated me. I think uh, I actually irritated him a little bit. Uh, have you seen the cold streak that he's currently on right now? Well, he's listen, me a I'm lot on a cold money. streak – Listen, don't cold streak shame. I'm on a cold streak myself, okay? It happens. Uh, as far as you, though, like, from what I heard, it took you quite a few days to pay. I mean, you see, you, you're acting like a big shot. That you make all this money. Wait what, thing, why wait did it take so to pay? Come, Come on, on it's man. It's not about the money. It, it's not about the money. It's, it's about the fact that he's this professional gambler, and he thinks he can easily take me down, and he wants to raise the stakes. Okay, fine. He's going uh, you know, to he, destroy he you. Thinks that, he's going to destroy he thinks I was no, 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 no. He thinks I was ducking and hiding from him. Cause. I was, I was, I was having a lot of sex, okay. And um, you know, I'm not always looking at my Twitter. I was doing stuff. I was busy. Things were in motion. And you know what? I paid. So you know what? Now it's game on. I'm ready to go. I think Demond's uh, shake. She, Listen, I got to ask need? you about something. I got to ask you about something, okay? At 1:55 today, you talk about cold. This is your exact tweet. Xavier minus three, heavy, so heavy. What happened there? Well, you know, you got me there, but um, you know, you get a, <laughs> you get a rib, a few cold ones, and uh, prepare for the contest. And you know, that's one bet. You didn't see my other bets I made today, so 
Why didn't you, know, you call David out? There's so many there's so many handicappers. Why call him out? Why'd you call him out? Listen, I've I've been following DeMond for a few months now, and honestly, I'm just not that impressed. Very up and down. I pick and choose his plays. Uh, you know, recently I went two for ten, lost a lot of money, and then it hit me. Why why am I betting the same picks that you know this loser conti- he's continuing to make? I thought, wait a second, I'm the loser listening to this loser. So, you know, the past week I've been fading his picks, uh, been making a lot of money, and then I thought to myself, you know, my confidence was sky high. Why, why not go head-to-head with this guy? I think I could take him down. Uh, you know, I think he's going to overthink his picks. He thinks he's Mr. Mr. Big Shot, but, uh, you know, my confidence is high. I'm having a lot of sex, and, uh, you know, I'm ready for the challenge. Now, let me ask you, did you – hear about what I said about the contest I, I, and, and my donation idea that I had. Did you hear about that or no? I, I, I might have said that. Go ahead. I said that if if you beat David, I will donate $500 to charity. That's how confident I am that you will not beat him. Uh, to what charity? Whatever one you want. I don't care. Okay, and if, if he beats me, I'll buy something for you. What, what's your favorite ice cream? I'll take you out for ice cream. What do you like? Where do you live at, New York? Uh, I'm in Jersey. I'm in Hoboken. You know, I got I got okay. the DraftKings. I got the legal gambling. I uh, go right, to well, listen, see a good what, amount. What we'll do, occasionally I'm in New York. Uh, do you know what a chopped cheese is? Do you know what a chopped cheese is? I love, I love cheese. I do love cheese. Well, you don't know. It's amazing that you don't know. what A chopped cheese is basically uh it's a sandwich. It's like a it's a burger sandwich. It's very good. It's terrific in Harlem. Uh, you you could take me for one of those. We'll meet. We, you know, you can take me out. We'll, we'll eat something, and you can show me the girls that you're getting with. Um, but listen, uh, Swiss boy, uh, you're a good guy. You come across a little odd, but hey, listen, I root for you. I hope you do well. I don't think it's going to work out. Um, now I know Preston's involved, the sports cheetah. Why don't oh, you challenge yeah, him? Preston's yeah. a good guy. He's on TV. You know, I think he's a little bit more legit than DeMond. Uh, nice guy. You know, he's holding my money right now. So, you know, I trust him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, DeMond's the main guy. He's the one I've been betting his picks and losing every time. So, why not go after him? But listen, did let, me, let me just – let me just school you here. DeMond's a good guy. He's a, he's a good handicapper. He's a good he knows guy, what he's doing. but, you know, he's acting like he's sipping martinis in San Diego right now. But, you know, deep down inside, I think he's shaking in his boots a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think he's real worried about you, just being honest. But, listen, uh, here's what we'll do. If uh, Again, if you win, you, you get a nice uh, donate. And we're not donating to the Swiss Boy Girl Charity. We're donating to a real charity that, that needs the I got one more All thing right. for you. St. Peter, yeah. Peter's to win the Mac? No way, sir. Yeah. Couldn't be at Bobcats. They're coming hard. They got Baker Dunleavy, great coach. They're going to win the Mac with ease. They're in first place. Why don't you respect the, the Bobcats at all? I mean, keep in mind, it's not that I don't respect them. We're only two games into the season, and it was really just a, a spot to grab a lot of value. I mean, St. Peter's is going to be a big dog. Uh, I think defensively they're really good. Quinnipiac's good as well. I mean, they, they have a guy, you know, Rich Kelly, he's terrific. Um, you know, but again, we're only two games in. But, yeah, hey, look, Riders a good team. They beat them up the other night. Um, yeah, I, Quinnipiac's good, and that's a weird conference. So, 
Yeah, you might be on to something there, uh, Swiss boy. That's a good one by you. But listen, uh, everyone will be listening to this. Any final words about your contest and um, anything else? You know, great thing for the charity here, but Daman, uh, I'm coming for you. Um, you know, you had your little run. You got your followers. But, you know, I think your followers, once they see me winning, they're going to start going to Swiss boy for the picks. So, you know, you had your good run, but – I think it's my time to shine. So best of luck, Damon. I'm coming. Yeah. One last question before I let you go. What's your What's your point in all this? Like, are you Are you doing it for followers, or like, are you just like, are you just legitimately don't like Damon? No, it's it's not just Damon. It's, it's it's all the handicappers. You know, they they all think they got special juice, these special algorithms. Uh, you yeah, know, but- I think it's just a bunch of baloney. Yeah, but I mean, I, again, who are you to tell anyone how to make a living? You know, like I, I, I'm not. I all due respect. I mean, Demond's been on Twitter a month later than me, and we've been on Twitter together since 2009. We've, I know for me, like I've built a following, I've built a, a some kind of niche, and like, who are you to come on and say like anything? Like, all due respect. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, you seem like a nice guy. I like talking to you. You're actually really cool. But I mean. You're kind of out of line, you know, saying stuff about him. Like, he's he's a good handicapper. He tries hard. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, he doesn't charge. Like, he does it for free. He doesn't charge for it. I mean, why not attack okay, one well, of these people me... that's, like, like scamming people, like Vegas Dave or someone like that? I mean, listen, if I wanted to get known, I think I would have been known by now. But I don't need algorithms. I don't need these special formulas. All I need is – you know, the sex that I have Monday, every single Wednesday to Sunday, clears my mind, and I pick the, the right games. So I'm about to show the world how the sex pays in the gambling world. All right, Swiss, man. Uh, keep uh, having sex with those hookers, man. You're the best. All right, listen, uh, check all in. Right. Uh, in the, I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Uh, uh, you know, check in from time to time, all right? Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll call you next week. We'll stay in touch, and uh, I hope you're rooting for me a little bit, all right? Nah, fuck you. I don't want you to win. Uh, I'm rooting oh. for Davis. Uh, no, but you're you, – I'll tell you what. You're actually a pretty cool guy. You seem pretty nice. So, yeah, look, call in again. Let us know how it's going, all right? Oh. <laughs> Vanessa, hold on a second. Jesus Christ. Fuck off. Damn. All right. I got to go. I got I to gotta do stuff, all right? See ya. Whoa. Damn. Getting it in over there, Swiss man. It's getting it in over there. Uh, all right, let's let's take one more break. We'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap the show up. If you want to call in, five one five six zero five nine two four nine. Call the show right now. Hey guys, Donnie here with RightWager.com. If you're looking for the best sports handicapping service in the business, there's only one choice, and that's RightWager.com. NFL, college basketball, Major League Baseball, and much more. 100% verified, all by third party. No hijinks on the website, no Google Docs spreadsheet that can be updated and changed. Strictly through handicappers, watchdog, and capper tech, we've been online for almost a decade. 
Come on, join the team at RightWager.com. The NFL is winding down. Some big money to be made in the playoffs right through to the Super Bowl. And we start our college basketball season in January. So join the team here at RightWager.com. What side are you on? Challenged your friend David Demand to the contest last night. A couple of updates uh, in college hoops. Games are winding down. LSU beats Arkansas 79-77. Arkansas does cover that number, though, getting six. And Auburn has beaten Vandy. They go to 16-0. and uh, Barely win, but they get the job done. Uh, that game goes way over the post total. Uh, a couple other scores as well. Do want to check in down at McCamish Pavilion, and it looks as if yes, Duke did finish off Georgia Tech seventy-three sixty-four. But Jaw Tech comes inside the number by a half, or actually by two and a half points. I'm sorry. Uh, so it was close, but they got there. Uh, San Diego State uh, beats Wyoming seventy-two fifty-two, and we do have uh, a couple games remaining. Illinois is going to go into whiskey, I believe, and win the game. How about that win for um, Brad Underwood and crew? You're waiting for them to perform well on the road. They do. Uh, And then um, Cal State Northridge, who just got Lamine Diane back, who is a lottery pick. Uh, They're up uh, 55-48 on Long Beach State, laying seven. That line closed late at seven. Um just kind of wrapping up the show here. Matt Rule introduced today as uh, Panthers coach. Uh, look, I love Matt Rule. I think he's going to do some really good things there. We talked about that last night on the show. Has a really good group coming in as far as you know the defense that they had there. Uh, kind of built up already. You know, they they obviously have the number one running back in the NFL. Uh, kind of a decent system down there. So I, I don't think it's going to be too long till they're competing. Um, definitely going to be interesting for sure. Uh, what else do we have going on today uh, in the world of sports? Obviously, uh, last night we quickly talked about um, those terrible bush fires in Australia. Uh, you know, look, if you can go out there and donate, donate. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is so brutal. Uh, you hate to see it happen. Uh, you know, all those poor animals and people and people losing their homes and stuff like that. You know, go out and go out and donate. You know, take you know ten, fifteen, twenty bucks and, and and give it. I mean, the more we give as a human uh, group, I mean, the better. Uh, the more people that can be helped, um, and that stuff is is you know nobody asks for that. You never know what will happen. Uh, it could happen to anybody. So uh, go out and uh, and donate. Uh, one more story. Uh, this is kind of a, a shitty story. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, who plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, game-worn gloves, I guess he uh, gave them to a um, member of the media who said that he was going to uh, give them the charity. I guess they were put on eBay the other day and sold for, I think, 375 bucks. 
So uh, kind of a shitty story there. Uh, you know, you expect uh, you expect them to go to charity or maybe to like a kid or something. Uh, this shithead uh, gets the gloves and goes and sells them on uh, the internet. Uh, kind of a shitty story to whoever did that in the media. Shame on you. Uh, Rob Job, go ahead. Hey, big man. What up, man? So, I'm driving back from uh, a casino. Oregon strange with legislation where you could only wager on pro sports, and, but there is one uh, casino in Oregon that has college, if you can even make any sense of that. Anyway, I had someone up there making wagers for me, but he was gone. So, for the bowl games, I had to drive three hours. Anyway, I went up there to cash the tickets I had. And I see, I wasn't going to wager on anything. I see a line. They had a six on Clemson. A six. And I went downstairs. I pranced around. I kind of walked around, went back up, and made a big wager on Clemson plus six. I I could not get over that, that number. Everywhere is five and a half. And it's just, what's. Am I missing something with the disrespect for this team? I mean, no. I, I think I, I think you're. I think you said it best. I mean, you know, it does seem really disrespectful, especially to a team that you know has the talent that they do. I, look, I've said before, and I'll say it again: LSU is going to slip up at some point. I mean, they really, at at the end of the day, had kind of a an easy run with with the Oklahoma matchup, but they were always going to get you know Oklahoma or the Pac-12. Uh, team, whoever that was, but yeah, I mean, it is really disrespectful. Um, I, I, you know, especially with all the the first rounders that are on this Clemson team. I mean, Brett Venables is going to have plenty of time to get used to Joe Burrow. Um, there's just so many, so much talent on both sides of the ball. I agree with you. Six is too many. That would be the side I'm on as well. Yeah, and I mean, do people remember that Clemson has been a dog in every national title? I mean, they've been a yeah. And they've covered covered both of them. Won one last year. Big man, you you've actually been watching college sports longer than I have. But the greatest college team I ever saw was Alabama last year. They rolled through mm-hmm. an entire season beating every team by twenty two or more, and that includes LSU. They rolled by thirty. Auburn by almost forty. I mean, they just slaughtered people, and. And Clemson made a mockery of him. I never seen nothing like it. And you're telling me they're going to get a touchdown with a quarter—I mean, with a quarterback who's never lost a game and who's already been there, done that. This—I mean, I and the public is all over uh, LSU because you know all they saw them was almost hang seventy, and it's that's just not going to happen again. Listen, I don't know. I thought I'll it was pretty see- crazy. I'll say this as well. Look, I don't. This isn't going to be the you know the Vince Young Matt Leinart game in in 2005. But I think this has the ability to be a terrific football game. I mean, just two of the you know two the two best teams going at it. You kind of think though it, it seems kind of like a storybook ending for LSU to win. I think they win. I I think it's 34-31 something like that. You know, a thirty-five, thirty-one, something like that. I think it's going to be a game that's going to come down to the final possession. Um, you know, I would give LSU the slight edge, but I'll tell you right now. I mean, Ed Orgeron's terrific, but uh, you know, give me Dabo, give me Brett Venables, give me Trevor Lawrence, give me that 
run group. Give me, you know, those receivers. I think defensively, I'll take Clemson all day. Um, let me ask you though, um, how how confident are you that Clemson can win the game as opposed to covering? Well, if I, I mean, if I had thought about it more, like I already liked Clemson at five and a half, but the only way I could take it was I had to drive three hours. But right. when I saw a six, just seeing a six, I almost fell over. Like I've made two this year. I made two large leaps. They were both the same. One was in college and one was in the NFL, both on dogs. Those two dogs, I felt as strongly as this. They, of course they should win the game. It's, but, you know, driving that far, I'm just going to take the points. But, I mean, Dabo getting a touchdown is just – it really is something. And the fact that the, the public is all over LSU. It's really – Yeah, no, it's – it's a great spot to it's be in. I know else, um, I'll be at the uh, I'll be at the book on, on Saturday. I'm going to go meet up with uh, with our friend uh, Blackjack Fletcher, who uh, I haven't seen in a while. But when I get down there, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely get involved with this game as well. Uh, I'm gonna guess I won't be getting six, but um, listen, I, I do think you know Clemson can win the game. I think they're going to be in the position to win the game. Um, and as you said, I mean they're always an underdog. I just it's tough though, because I I do kind of see that storybook ending for for Joe Burrow, uh, who I think is going to be a, a terrific NFL quarterback. Cincinnati's in good hands, uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game, um, uh, Rob Job. I look forward to it. Uh, good to hear from you, man. You got to call in more, man. Yeah, hey, and if and if something else, real quick, what do you yeah. think about the Texans? I mean, yeah, they don't look. No. I mean, as strong, but 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 not from how they look. But they played earlier in the year in Kansas City, and the line's three and a half. Now it's ten. I mean, can you make any sense of that? Yeah, I I don't know. I I think I hear you. It, it's a lot of points, but I mean, keep in mind, Kansas City was off last week. Listen, I said before the, the way to beat Tex the Texans is. You got to attack them downfield. Their secondary is not good. Kansas City can do that. You also keep in mind their third down defense, Houston, is horrific. Their red zone defense is bad. Uh, I think the way to counteract a guy like JG Watt, get the football out early, screens, things like that. Um, and you look at defensively, and Kansas City's played really well recently. I mean, you gave up 21 to the Chargers, three to Chicago, three to Denver, 16 to New England. 9 to Oakland, 17 to the Chargers. I mean, over the last six, seven games, they have been terrific defensively. Um, they're good against uh, third downs. I I think they win, I don't know, 31-17, something like that. I think the magic with not only them, but uh, Seattle is, is getting close. It's going to be over quickly. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I knew they, they've been locked down defense lately. A lot of those versus some pretty slow quarterbacks, but it's just strange that the line was three and a half at the exact same venue, same teams, and now it's 10. Like, yeah, the only thing no, changes is it's a playoff game. Yeah, like, wow, I mean, obviously so the, the rest helps and things like that, but I, I hear you. It's definitely kind of quirky. It, it's not a game I'm going to be real involved with. I like the, the Tennessee Titans and uh, the Minnesota Vikings, but good stuff, Rob Job. Uh, always good to hear from you. Have a good night, man. Safe trip. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right, pal. 
good stuff from Rob Job. Always uh, very football centric. He likes the Clemson Tigers plus the six. Hey, look, uh, if you can get a six out there, you better jump on that one. And I really want to update and see uh, if any. I don't think any book has. I mean, I have to look here. I haven't looked in uh, in a few days, but let me see here. Uh, January thirteenth. Um, yeah, I mean, Bovada, but we all know what what they're uh, they're all they're all about. Um, yeah, it's pretty much five and a half across the board. Uh, let's see what FanDuel currently has. Jersey books are usually. Um, Jersey and PA books are usually pretty, uh, pretty similar, um, five and a half as well. So, uh, get a big total here, 69 and a half. I don't know. I saw this game in kind of the low thirties personally. Uh, but, uh, we'll talk about this game. I'm going to look to see if we can get, uh, Drew Martin on the show, maybe tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow night, we're going to have Matt Rand or uh, Mike Randall join us, uh, from, uh, the action network. We'll talk to him about some things going on in college hoops and the NFL. Uh, Mike's a good uh, NFL guy as well. So make sure you join us uh, tomorrow for the show. Uh, we'll be here same time, same place. Make sure if you missed the show, go check it out on iTunes. If you're listening to the show, go subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, uh, comment on it, tell me uh, how much you like it. Uh, it can only help me grow what I'm doing here. Uh, thanks to Matt Cox for calling in from the Action Network, or from uh, Three Men Weave. Uh, Matt Cox with Three Men Weave, great stuff from him. I always enjoy talking college hoops. Uh, shout out to uh, Smitty Boy uh, for calling, or uh, Swissy Boy, whatever his name is, from uh, the David Demand contest. Uh, Cameron called in, Rob Job called in. I had some good people as well. You all have a great night. I am the big man on campus. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Nadu. Go check out our sponsor, upradio.com. I'm the big man on campus. We will see you later. See you tomorrow, 10 o'clock Eastern. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.